Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all of my sin, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all of my sin. There's a reality of grace, isn't there? Uh, it's a reality, not just an idea, but a reality of grace that, uh, that sometimes comes and, and presents itself to our lives. And, and it's great to be extended grace, isn't it? When I'm a bad husband, not that I, this is hypothetical, of course. When I am a bad husband, oftentimes I find that my bride extends me grace. I, I, and extended her love and compassion and her grace abounds in me. It's wonderful, isn't it? To be given something that you don't deserve. Uh, uh, you've been bad, but something good happens. It's so good. And it's not just for husbands and wives to extend grace to each other, is it? It's, it's with bosses and employees and, and, it's, and it's teachers and students and it's students with one another and it's, and it's our neighbors and we extend that same sort of grace and hopefully it's being received and it's being experienced both by us and we're giving it and we're receiving it and it's this wonderful reciprocal action that just keeps taking place over and over again in our life. And it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Grace, grace, God's grace. I love it. I'm being given what I don't deserve, what I can't possibly earn. And in, in this series that we're talking about, uh, we're talking uh, really about grace. That there's this harvest of grace. This series over the last week and this week is really rooted in this idea of what God has done for us. And, and if we were to, to peel back and look at the layers and layers that we're talking about, the DNA of grace is, is really found in, in this opportunity that we have to give. And last week we, we talked about this grace of God, that it is the root of our motivation uh, to invite others into this same kind of grace that God has extended to us, right? Uh, we, we looked at that passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, uh, where it talks about how, how Jesus became sin for us, right? That he took on sin, the ledger changed, he exchanged Ropes with us. If you were here last week, I had this dirty, ugly, old rope, and I had this brand new rope. And what Jesus is doing in that, He's saying, I'm going to exchange ropes with you. I'm going to, I'm going to take that dirty, frayed, ugly, sin-gnarled rope, and I'm going to exchange it for my new rope. And we just said uh, last week that, that this kind of grace that is extended to us in Christ that He would be sin for us so that we could be His righteousness, that, that we said that this is the motivation that we have to extend a harvest of good news to other people. And you left with a little reminder last week, a little piece of rope, hopefully uh, just as an intentional reminder for you to invite, right? Uh, to invite people not to a place, but to a people, that they could become people of grace. This is 
what we're talking about in this celebration, this harvest, right? Last week, we gave you a piece of rope. This week, well, we're going to give you something. I'm not going to tell you what that is, though. I want you to turn, to, if you have in your Bibles, to 2 Corinthians. We're staying in the book of Corinthians. I want you to look in chapters 8 and 9. If you want to look in the Pew Bibles in front of you, it's page 806. And we're going to talk about just this, this awesome thing that God allows us to, uh, to look at. It, and it, I'm just going to give you a primer. It comes back to His grace. This harvest that we're talking about is a harvest of grace. It's this tremendous thing that we get to do because we've recognized what it is that God has given to us. In 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, Paul he is gathering up an offering. You see, there is a, there's a famine in the land. There's a, there's a major drought that has gone on. And, and there's a number of churches that have become hard hit by this. And so Paul, using his network of, uh, of people and churches that he knows, goes out to the churches and he begins to take up a collection. And it seems like, even from chapters 8 and 9, that this isn't the first time that Paul has done this sort of thing. That he's gone out uh, using his network uh, uh, ability as an apostle and he's looking at different churches and he's saying, I want you to give. And this particular church in Corinth has, has done this sort of thing before. They have given and they had promised to give again. And, and Paul is just following up with them in, in, in uh, chapters 8 and 9 of this particular letter. Uh, we just see the dialogue that takes place uh, between Paul and the church at Corinth. And what we need to know is, is that this is all rooted in grace. I, I don't want you to miss grace here. Look at verse 9. This really is the root of, of all the things that Paul is going to talk about throughout these two chapters about this wonderful giving grace. Uh, verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes, your sakes He became poor, so that through you, through His poverty, might become rich. It's that same kind of verse that we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It's kind of that exchange that's taking place, right? I mean, Jesus is transferring his funds over to our account. Do you grab that? He is rich, and he's transferring the account number, and he's transferring all the funds into our account. Our account was empty, and now it's full. His account was full and now it's empty. And He has exchanged for us this grace. And, and so we live in this grace. And so whatever happens in this passage, it's grace. Christ giving Himself willingly, lovingly, emptying Himself so that we could be rich. Grace, grace, God's grace. Several years ago now, Jolyn and I were down in Florida for the North American Christian Convention in and uh, we had done the Disney World thing, and it was wonderful. And it was the last night. It was the last night before uh, we were going to leave, and we were going to do one last tourist thing, right? 
And we had some friends with us, and we had been out to dinner, and it was this great thing. And, and Lydia's in the back seat going, can we do this one last thing? Yes, we're so excited. So we're heading south on Highway 10, and it's late, so it's dark. And, and uh, I came to find out later that Highway 10 is one of the most dangerous highways in the country. Crazy. And here I am. It's like five, six, ten lanes of traffic, whatever it was. And I'm driving in the middle lane because all the tourists know that the middle lane is okay, right? You can get to the right or to the left. And so I'm driving and all of a sudden uh, the car just stops. I mean, there's nothing left. Like all the lights on the dashboard come on and I still have a little bit of steering power and I'm thinking, I'm in the middle. I have to get to the side. Again, one of the most dangerous highways in the country. So I'm going like, and I'm kind of doing this. Okay, God. And so we, we managed to get to the side of the road. And there we are, and we're sitting there, and, and uh, everybody, you know, was able to stay calm, and I do what guys do, right? Uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know engines really well. I, I can change the spark plugs and change my oil, but, uh, you know, beyond that, things get a little complicated for me. And so, but I did the, the husband duty. I popped the hood and, and looked in. Yep, looks good. I, I don't know what's going on. Well, evidently, it was way beyond me. It was, you know, it wasn't the spark plugs. It wasn't the oil. Things were bad. And, and, uh, and so, you know, we're going to have to get towed and this kind of thing. And so we finally, we finally get to a, a place that's going to be able to fix the car for us. You know, and, and man, if you're a tourist and you have to take your car somewhere, oh, they got you, right? I mean, it's going to cost a lot. And I don't know, know exactly what the number was, but it had way too many zeros behind it. I remember that much. And I thought, oh, man, oh, we're on vacation and now oh, this. And, and so we're trying to, you know, shuttle back and forth and call the people. And when is it going to be done? And where, where are the parts? And this sort of thing. It was the last night. And we had been hanging out with some people from Maryville, Missouri, and there was a guy and his wife, uh, an elder there, uh, found out that we had had car trouble. And, and they didn't bat an eye. They, came, they, they were actually heading out of town. They, they, they whipped their uh, black suburban around, and they came back to the hotel. And he said, I just, I just want to give you this. His church had not only given several hundred dollars, he matched it on the spot. He said, I, I need to go to an ATM, and, and he gave me a lot of money so that I could take care of something that I didn't anticipate. Grace is an awesome thing, isn't it? Grace is this awesome thing, and, and what I want you to hear this morning, uh, what I want you to see is that, uh, that grace breathes in our giving that grace breathes in this act of giving that we have an opportunity to do. In fact, if you look in the text, grace prompts us to look at others who are giving. It's an incredible thing when you look at other people, but, uh, but, uh, but gr grace in giving is not something that we all do naturally. Are you aware of this? I mean, giving for whatever reason is something that, that we don't come out of the womb wanting to give, right? I know this. I know this because I have two children. Some of you who have children recognize that the children don't 
don't come out just loving to give. It's something that we have to practice. It's not something usually that comes naturally to us. I, I, I also know this because I know me. Now, when I was a kid, uh, the way it worked around Christmas time was my, my parents, they would, they would give us money to go and buy gifts for the other members of our family. I'd get 10 or $20 or whatever it was, and we'd get dropped off at, at the mall or at Target, and, and we'd go in, and, and we'd have to buy for mom and dad and sister. That's kind of how it worked for our family. And then we'd go, and we'd have to wait at a, a certain location at a certain time so we didn't, like, overlap, right? I had to confess that this was a really hard thing for me because I'd see that crisp 10 or $20 bill in my hand, and I'd think, oh, I could do plenty with that. <laughs> and so inevitably, what I would do is I would try and spend the least amount possible so that whatever I had left, I could pocket. <laughs> A couple years ago, I brought these diamond earrings for JoLynn. Don't tell her, okay? <laughs> that was supposed to be a lot funnier than... I was thinking like a cubic zirconia kind of thing. No, it's not natural for us to give. And it's good for us to look at the example of other people that, uh, that we can look at them and go, I know what that looks like and model our life after that. It's not natural for us to give, yet it's a practice that we need to get good at. Several years ago... Um, while I was preaching in Illinois, there was a camp, and, and the camp was looking to expand, and, and they were looking to, to kind of buy down some of the debt that was on the current camp facility. And, and so all the churches were there, and there was a lot of people there, and, and they were kind of walking through uh, kind of the process, uh, uh, the pledge that they wanted people to make so that everybody could, uh, could come together and, and see something great happen for this particular church camp. And I remember one of the guys who, who was one of the board members, he didn't have a lot of money. He didn't have great abundance. Uh, he didn't have a lot of stuff that he could sell or that, uh, that he could uh, liquidate in some way. But, uh, but being on, on the camp board, what he had decided to do, he said, I, I want to, to give something and, and not having a lot of other things to give, what I want to do is is sacrifice something else so that I can give to the camp. And he did something that, that is almost, well, I'll let you decide. He gave up ice cream. He gave up ice cream. Evidently, he was a great big ice cream eater, and, and he loved to eat ice cream, so he gave up and he sacrificed this, this primary food group. I love ice cream. He gave up a primary food group so that he could give. And you could just see it. His example inspired other people. It motivated other people. I mean, it was, it was like people began saying, well, if he can give up ice cream, then surely I could give up something. If he could give up ice cream, then maybe I could give up a little piece of my cell phone bill. If he gave up ice cream, perhaps then, uh, then, then I could give up my cable. We need examples in this world of people who give greatly uh, because it just kind of reminds us of the kind of grace that we're to extend to other people. 
recognize this in the text. In in chapter 8, verse 1, Paul just reminds the Corinthian church about another church doing some really great things. And he says, I want you to mind their example of giving God's grace in this way. And he says, and now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overwhelming joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. It's good for us to recognize the example of others and to follow them in that. Grace, grace, God's grace. One of the areas that defines us as people who have received God's grace is our ability to give and give well. Uh, Look at the text again. Look at verse 7. Paul writes to this church, But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, See that you also excel in the grace of giving. Excel in the grace of giving. Now, there's lots of things in the church that we think are important. We just spent 13 weeks recently in Hebrews, right? And Hebrews has this, has this piece of, of active and ongoing faith that we're to grow in it, right? Uh, there's other pieces of Scripture. If we were to go to 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, we'd say, oh, we need to excel and grow in the love that God has for us, right? Uh, if we were to look at 1st and 2nd Timothy, we would say, oh, we need to We need to recognize the love that we should have for one another. We should respect each other and do good things for one another. All of these things we need to excel at. And yet Paul raises this issue and he says, just as you should excel in faith, you should also excel in this grace of giving. We ought to be excelling in this. Now, one of the things that encourages me greatly is that we are a giving church. I see it in many of you. When the angel tree went up, it was like Christmas, literally, back there. People couldn't wait to get back there and sign their names up. And you went to the store and you you gave abundantly. And let me just encourage you, that's the kind of excelling in the grace of giving uh, that needs to continue. We should be giving regularly and cheerfully when we have the opportunity to do so. But it's not just about that we're giving. Not even just that we're excelling in what we give. We recognize that, that giving costs us something, that there might be a sacrifice But giving is not primarily about the amount. It's primarily about the person giving. You see, we have an opportunity to give of God's grace. And we do so recognizing uh, that God knows it's about us. Over the many several years that I've had an opportunity to travel to impoverished places in the world, it never ceases 
to amaze me that others in impoverished countries can't wait to give to me. Here I am, I've bought a plane ticket worth hundreds of dollars. I may have spent more in trying to prepare to to go to this place than than some people make in a year in the country to where I am going, and yet when I get there, they can't wait to give to me. Several years ago, we were down in Mexico, and uh, we were working with an organization called Amor, and they go throughout impoverished uh, Uh, neighborhoods in Mexico, and they find people who desperately need homes. And we fundraise and we uh, essentially um, fund their home. And we go down and with our effort, we build the home that we have funded. And we get to meet the people and hand out the keys. It's an incredible event. But it never ceases to amaze me That every time we go, the people that we're building the home for, who are obviously impoverished, who can't afford a home on their own, always want to give us something. And there was one woman. We never did meet her husband. She was pregnant. And she wanted to give all of us on this work crew some chicken and some rice. And there was no saying no I mean, to say no, to push it away, say we, we can't possibly take it would have been a, a slap in the face culturally. And so all of us, uh, there we were trying to help her. And she said, I want you to have this. I want you to, to have this piece of chicken and this rice. I want you to, I want you to take this. I, I want this to be a piece of gratitude that I am giving to you. You're being generous to me. I want to be generous in return. Paul tells us that it's not about what we give, but really how we give, what motivates our giving. I want you to recognize something in this text that he says, uh, go ahead and look in in verse 11. Uh, The last part of verse 11 in chapter 8, he says, now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it. Now he says this crazy thing. Do this according to your means. Do this according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you're hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. Then there will be equality. Uh, Something that I recognize about Monona County in Iowa. Monona County is one of the poorest counties as a whole in all of Iowa. Maybe you're not aware of that. Some of you are probably very aware of that. And here's what I would extend. This grace of giving isn't about the amount. What it is about is that you give. And and the giving may take on all sorts of different forms. Maybe for you it is going to have to be something uh, that looks an awful lot like a plate of chicken and some rice and some beans. You see, the point is, yes, that we give. We should be giving. We should excel at giving. But the means by which we do so will change. 
Some of you are at different points in your life. You have an opportunity to give in ways other people don't. And if you're in, in West Monona, or you're in uh, West Monona, the school, if you're in Monona County, and you recognize that kind of poverty, then perhaps how you give ought to change. Maybe you give your time and you give your expertise. Maybe you uh, have a, a great hand at carpentry or you're an excellent cook or, or you understand plumbing. And God is giving you an opportunity to use what it is that you have to give to others, to be gracious in your giving. According to your means, Paul says, you give. And in your willingness, not so that you'll be poor, but so that all will have. In preparation for this morning, I, I ran across this incredible story. I was reading in this book, and, and, and it kind of it ran me through the, this, in, this incredible story of God's grace. In 1985, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, Ethiopia was really the armpit of the world. It was in drought. The, the economy was extraordinarily bad. People were starving every single day to death. It was a, it was a war-torn country. There was uh, civil unrest. And, and most people in the world, if you were to, to point to a country in the world uh, that was doing the worst, many people would point you in the direction of Ethiopia 30 years ago. It was a bad place to be. 1985 was also the year that Mexico experienced an 8.0 earthquake, September 19th. It kind of flattened the city of, of Mexico City, and, 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 and there was people coming from all over the world, relief efforts and this sort of thing, coming to the city of Mexico, Mexico City. What was interesting is that with all of the issues that Ethiopia had, all of the things, the people that were starving, the, the food that they didn't have, the government of Ethiopia at the time decided that it was going to give $5,000 to the people of Mexico after the devastation of the earthquake. And you think, Ethiopia? I mean, really, even, even in the state of Mexico was in, in 1985, after the earthquake, they probably should have been sending uh, aid to Ethiopia, and yet it was the other way around. Ethiopia said, we're going to give $5,000 to the people. And people uh, began to kind of question and scratch their head and say, well, what was it? Why in the world would you decide to give $5,000 of this needed money in Ethiopia to Mexico? And they said it was easy. You see, in 1935, 50 years prior, in 1935, Mexico, after Ethiopia had been invaded by Italy, sent aid. And the Ethiopians said, we've never forgotten it only makes sense that in their time of need, we would do for them what they did for us. Isn't grace amazing? You see, what I recognize about this grace of giving is that grace gives grace, gives grace, gives grace. Doesn't it? 
Grace grows. It expands in this act of giving. Have you ever had one of those little tablets? Maybe your kids have had them. They're like these little foam characters, and you, and you put them in the warm water, and they slowly begin to expand. Have you ever seen those? This is what God's grace does when we're giving. Grace gives grace, gives grace, and, and, this, and this act of giving just grows grace. Recognize in the text where, where Paul begins to say grace gives grace. It grows in this act of giving. He says in verse 16, or excuse me, in verse 6 of chapter 9, he says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And he says this incredible thing in verse 7. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Drop down to verse 10. Notice what God says about this, this act of grace that gives. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase in your store of seed and will enlarge, notice the kind of harvest, will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This, this grace just keeps going. And it keeps expanding. And God says, I'm going to be gracious to you as you're gracious to others. And the more you do it, the more I'm going to expand it. And you're going to have an opportunity on every occasion to be generous to other people. And I just want you to know that this morning we're going to give you an opportunity to do that very thing. To give graciously. To allow the acts of grace to grow in your life and hopefully in the lives of other people. And so we're going to invite you to give. We're going to invite you to give in a way that you've never experienced before, probably. All of you are a little nervous right now, but you shouldn't be. Everybody who leaves the room today every family who leaves the room, you're going to have an opportunity to grab on your way out an envelope that looks a lot like this. On the outside, it says, Generosity 101, get a little, give a lot. Inside of this envelope, there is a card and there's some instructions on the card. How has God called you to spend? Inside of the envelope, you're going to find $30. We're giving every family $30. And what we're inviting you to, we're inviting you to give graciously. You see, the, the elders and I and Josh and, and the leadership team, we gathered together and we, uh, we felt so strongly about this that we said, uh, we want our people to know what it's like to give and give graciously, uh, to, be generous with it, to be generous with God's grace that's been given. And so would you accept this as grace to you? 
We sat around the table and, and we said, you know what? We don't want this to be a burden on our church. Uh, we don't want this to be a burden on our budget. And so we all sat around the table. And the $30 initiative is ours to give you. We gathered up all that was necessary so that you could have $30 to spend and give graciously to other people. If you believe that God has been gracious to you, then you will be motivated to take this and grace others with it. And what we're asking is that you will be accountable to what you've been given. That you would write the story on the card and that you'd bring it back to us. That you'd write the story on the Facebook page at Whiting Christian Church and you'd tell us what you did with it to grace someone else. Those of you that tweet, there's a, we have a Twitter page. There's a hashtag in everything. Hashtag WCC Generous. If you want to extend grace in this kind of generosity, then tell the story. Take lots of pictures and we want to hear about it. And then in three weeks, December 13th, we're going to come back and we're going to share some of those stories that you created. Because we want you to know how important it is that you give and we want to celebrate that with you as we see people who are impacted in your life because you were willing to be generous. All kinds of things that you can do with this. Be creative. Uh, maybe it is that, that you set up a bulletin board and you pin up on the bulletin board $31 bills. And maybe at the top of the bulletin board, uh, it says something like, Give what you can, take what you need, and see what happens. And then when, when you have to collect up all the money that people have given, know where it goes. Uh, maybe it is that you, you decide that you are an excellent cook, that you love to bake pies or cookies, and, and so you go to the store and you take that $30 and, and you decide to put that down on, on some flour and some sugar and some eggs. And you know some folks in your neighborhood that, uh, that just need a little loving. And you're going to take cookies or bars or a pie, and you're going you're gonna to extend grace in that way to those people. Uh, maybe it is that you have children and Toys for Tots is coming into town, and, and you want to extend grace to your kids to extend grace to other people. And so what you do is you take and you give them uh, 10 or 15 of those dollars and, and you say, I want you to go and I want you to give something that you would love that now goes to some other little boy or, or little girl. And they have an opportunity to show that kind of generosity as well. Uh, maybe it is that, uh, that you decide that you want to make cards you go and buy up the supplies and you make cards. Uh, maybe you look in the World Vision catalog and you buy a chicken or something uh, for some kid that's overseas in Africa. Maybe, maybe it is that you buy some coffee and you, you put it in some pots and, and you put it in some thermoses and you gather a group of people here at the church and you go around neighborhoods and you start caroling and you hand out cookies and coffee to people that will hear you. Whatever it is, do you see? We're inviting you, we're empowering you to give generously. And all we're asking is that you would tell us 
you would tell us the story and we could celebrate together what this grace of giving looks like. Are you ready for that? You're surprised, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. I went to church and they gave me money. Let's pray. Gracious God, you're so unbelievably kind to us. You're so gracious. And Father, I pray for all those within sound of my voice that, that you will just, you will act in ways that, uh, quite frankly, we can't even begin to imagine. That people in, in uh, Western Iowa all together would just begin to go, wow, uh, this is done because God is doing something crazy doing something wonderful, doing something gracious at Whiting Christian Church. Father, I pray that you will take $30 and you will multiply it. Multiply it not in more dollars. I pray that you'll multiply it in impacts in people's lives, that something of your grace begins to be known in our community with other people that we rub shoulders with. God, we want to imagine a world where some unbelievable, crazy things start happening because your people get generous. And so God, I pray that you'll make us generous people. And we'll be generous with ourselves. And we will excel well at this grace of giving. Enlarge our grace. Enlarge our giving. We love you. In Jesus' name.